imagine. <laughs> I know it's not a good time, but anyway, the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you, um, so I was recently seeing some people on TikTok just freaking out over the fact that um, during the volleyball part of the Olympics, they've been playing um, the Haikyo. Oh, I can't remember what, how do you pronounce it? Haikyo or Haikyo? Haikyo? Um, I don't know. But the volleyball the, anime. Yeah. Yeah. They've been playing the uh, volleyball anime uh, intro. I mean, the games, which is so, so, cool. so freaking epic as if us weaves needed any more like <laughs> advertisement on how cool anime is. I mean, there was also they're playing. They were playing the Attack on Titan um, soundtrack or theme song to the archery because of our girl Sasha. I mean, oh gosh, that's so cool. Well, everybody, welcome to a little or to a little bit weebish. Um, we're two friends, just casually or maybe not so casually, based <laughs> on how much time we spend on preparing for this uh, podcast. It's true. Talk about some of their favorite animes, episode by episode. I'm Sam. Oh, and I'm Megan. And you know, you know us. You know us by now. So hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. If not, you have a couple episodes to catch up on. Yeah, true. First. Start from the beginning. <laughs> Woo! You know, yeah. that's wild to start right here. Go back. <laughs> well, everybody, today we are going to be talking about Season 2, Episodes 10 and 11, or if you're counting up, Episodes 35 and 36. Okay, well, let's start off with Episodes 10, or Episode 10. The title is Children, and now we have Megan with our summary. Oh boy. Okay. Well, here's the recap, you guys. We briefly see that Moblit, who's like Hanji's right-hand man, he made his way to Connie's village with a few of the scouts. So they see the smashed houses. There's horses that are still in the stalls and like zero bloodshed. And so then they see the massive Titan on Connie's house and they're just alarmed by the size. And they find this drawing of Connie's parents. And they just like turn it over. And the Titan looks freakishly and eerily similar to Connie's mom. So then we flat we go to another group of people. So in the forest, we see that Rhina and Bertolt are deciding what to do with Aaron and Amir. But their plans are cut short when they see that the scouts' flares are off in the distance. They head further into the forest when Emir realizes she needs to see Krista slash Historia if she's going to go with Rhina and Bertolt. We then get a flashback on Emir's life, which gives us a further, further insight into why Emir is dead set on living for herself and on her own terms. So we see a young, impressionable child that is taken and given the name Emir. And is set on a throne to be worshipped. And, you know, we'll just call these people the Emir cultists. When they are discovered and arrested, the whole group is lined on the wall um, along with Emir and pushed over this edge. That's when we see this burst of light and then Emir's titan form running uh, running across this space 
and she just collapses in a ditch. She covers herself with this earth, and it only wakes up to find a group of kids that are camping on top of her. She grabs one of them and eats him, and that allows her to transform later that night and turn back into a human. And that is the day that she commits to living by her own rules and you know, running off with Rhina and Bertolt was no exception. She told them that they had to follow her plan to get Krista or she would fight them and run off with Aaron back to the scouts. Now, Commander uh, Ervin, he is essentially leading this whole military approach. Uh, When they see this flash of light, so they know that a Titan is transformed and they make their way into the forest and Connie recognizes Emir in her Titan form and asks where the others are. But Emir doesn't answer. She's just looking, looking, looking and completely ignoring the rest of her, you know, 104th cadet group. But once Amir hears Historia's voice calling her name, she leaps forward, opens her mouth, and closes it right down on Historia and runs away back to Reiner and Bertolt. And their group is shocked. They chase her. And that's when they see that Reina transforms into the armored titan. And Emir and Bertolt and Reina, or and Aaron, jump on Reina's back. And they seem to be escaping. So the scouts then jump on their horses because they have to get Aaron back. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I feel like these episodes are just like really picking up like time. Because a lot of the recent episodes for season two have just been a lot of back and forth between like eight hours and two weeks earlier and stuff like that. And they're mm-hmm. kind of trying to catch you up on other things that are happening at the same time. But now I feel like everything is real time and they're just yes. like boom, boom, boom. Absolutely rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, based off of what we watched and kind of what you were saying in the summary, Amir's trying to live her own truth. Yep. And I feel like there was a lot of questions around. Okay, so Amir has her truth. Renner and Bertolt have their own truth. Aaron has his truth. So whose truth is real or whose truth is the one that we follow as viewers? Um, and I also feel like there's a lot of truth that needs to come out um, oh, as yes. well. So like my first question is what's up with a Titan that's in Connie's village? What truth is there to be found with a Titan with weak legs? It seems like there's going to be a lot happening figuring out this really big clue of just one Titan being left behind um, that can't go anywhere. And they don't know how it got there with its legs being weak and not being able to stand up on its own. So there's a lot of truth to be found there. Um, I think that there's also what is Reiner and Bertolt's truth? Um <laughs> Does Reiner even know what his real truth is anymore? And is it dependent upon the reality that he's living in the moment? Because we see that he's got his warrior self and he also has his soldier self, right? Oh, that is, that's such a good point, Sam, because I mean, he has spent years believing in 
both lives, which are contradictory to each other. I mean, we don't know how long Rhina has been a warrior prior to being a soldier, but yeah. just living both of those lives simultaneously, I mean, how can he really, you know, parse through what is the truth, what is his mission, what he should, you know, hold on to. I mean, that's got to be scary for him. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know that he's seen as the bad guy, but I can't help but feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, it's there's just so much. <laughs> I, there's, uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot of ideas of truth being thrown around because we know that um, Reiner and Bertolt, they have something that's motivating them. That's their truth. That's their, um, what they believe is true, that humanity is not worth it, is not worth saving. It's worth eradicating. But then there's Aaron who feels like his truth is humanity is worth saving and worth fighting for. So whose truth do we follow? Um, there's also the truth of who's the real enemy. And that's something that Aaron keeps asking over and over again, of, at least to Amir, like who, who's the real enemy. And I think that, that depends on each individual person's truth and what they believe to be true. I mean, I think though, that this also just shows how much digging that they have to do in order to get to a more complete and less contradictory form of truth. Um, okay. Because they're all, I mean, they all see each other as the enemy. And, I mean, so far we don't know the reason why. And obviously the humans have no freaking clue why the Titans yeah. are actively pursuing them. But the Titans know. So yeah. it's like, I feel like we just have so much farther to go to really discover what the actual truth is. I feel like as an audience, we kind of know a little bit more, but like barely because this is Attack on Titan. Right. Um, but when it comes to characters like Aaron or like Bertolt or Rhino when he's in warrior mode, you know, they believe that their truth is in immovable and irrefutable but clearly yeah. they go head to head so what is it really you know yeah that's it's a very good point i think that there's also there's this other side that's not really involved with bertolt and reiner's uh revelation with their titan forms but there's historia knowing the truth about amir and right. the fact that she still wants to be friends with her. Oh my gosh, I, mean, she's I don't just, get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, I don't, I guess I get Amir and her backstory and what's fueling her. Yes, yes. And I get Historia and what is fueling her and what her backstory is. But I don't understand, like, why this makes them so close. Other than they've oh. just decided it to be. Because they're people that are not living their truth or their true authentic selves. Like, I mean, Amir keeps saying, we're one and the same, we're one and the same. And I'm like, I don't know if I get that or if you're just really trying to push it. 
I mean, aside from the fact that people would rather you not be on this earth, I think yeah. that your lives are completely different, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm the same way. Yeah. I understand Emir's truth, her reasoning, and her backstory. I mean, she was a tra- she was a child who yeah. was manipulated into fulfilling this role that was out of her control like i get emir's story you know and why that was so heartbreaking for her and i get his story as as well like you said i mean they're still totally different like let's be honest yeah but um yeah i i don't get his story as you know desire to just you know make it work i guess i guess here's the truth when like you said mentioned that it just works because they decide it to work i mean let's be honest a lot of us are like yep i decided that you're gonna be my friend and the other person says yep you're gonna be my friend and then it just works you know so yeah i guess it just boils down to people just deciding that it is you know yeah. And that's all that matters. That's that's very true. <laughs> I didn't think about it in that way that like it's very applicable to real life because we just we just choose. And sometimes there's not really a big reason. Yeah. But we choose. I so. mean, I I think the only reason why I'm just confused is because in Attack on Titan, it feels like we're supposed to get it, but we still don't. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, but really, it's, I feel like maybe with Emir and Historia just deciding to be friends and, you know, maybe more based on, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah. It's the same way that Sasha and Connie just decided to be the best of friends or Good the point. same reason that Mikasa and Aaron just, well, Mikasa especially just decided to be loyal and protect each other. Like, Maybe yeah. that's all it takes. I don't know. I know that it's kind of a tangent, but, you know, I guess they're just living living their truth <laughs> and running with it. <laughs> yeah. So just to wrap up this, this theme of truth, I think that there's a really big um, focus on Amir trying to find her truth as well because she's really caught in the middle. Um, she's not quite Ooh. fully human. She's not quite fully Titan. Um, she hasn't been in like whatever Titan group that Reiner, Bertolt, and Annie have been in, obviously. Um, and but she, she just took seems... that Titan power from them. Yes, exactly. And so she really doesn't have like we're we're seeing that she doesn't really have a home to go to. Um, at least Ugh. with Aaron, Aaron has one hundred percent been honest, at least from when he knew that he was a Titan. And kind of built that relationship with other people to have them trust him. And Amir Amir could have shown herself. I mean, she did show herself. And because she had Aaron who kind of had that transformation before her, people were a little bit more willing to trust her, um, at least with her core friends. But honestly, like she... I don't even know. I, I just feel like she hasn't built a ton of rapport with a lot of people for people 
for everybody to trust her, like Hanji or Erwin or, you know, anything like that. I think that that's, again, just partially because I think it's partially her own fault because Amir Mm -hmm. completely only put her trust in Krista. Well, Krista slash Historia. She only cared about that relationship. And it doesn't seem like she really bothered to have a good rapport with anyone else. And Aaron was fortunate enough that he had this rapport with people like Mika's son Armin since childhood. And he right. just he just so happens to be lucky that Mikasa is a force to be reckoned with. And at the time, mm-hmm. it would have been a serious loss to lose her. Um, yeah. And Armin, he's got such a brilliant mind that the same thing, it would have been such a loss to lose him. So mm-hmm. Aaron's at least fortunate that that bought him enough time to allow for other people to rally around him. Whereas Emir... She just came in on her own and globbed onto one person and only chose to have that relationship. And I think that's why it really just wasn't safe for her to really reveal her truth. Yeah. Because she didn't have any other allies. No, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Definitely. Like she, she definitely didn't diverse I don't know she just didn't reach out to a lot of people and so she was more of a a big a big question mark in comparison right right and also Rhina, Bertolt and Annie I mean those three had each other Mm -hmm. and obviously they they actively knew what was going on and they were an ally unto themselves so Yeah. yeah it literally was Amir all by her lonesome yeah Well, let's move on to what we liked. I see that we each have like a couple of points and I'll let you go first. Um, I mean, I touched on this a little bit, just seeing more of Amir's backstory. We obviously know how I feel about Amir. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I have to say that every time I bring up Amir. But I really just grew so much in compassion for her because she really was just a young, impressionable child, like completely fooled and used by adults who wanted power. Like what child can withstand that? You know, she was literally on the streets. They gave her a bed, food and clothing and attention. Like what child wouldn't go along with that? And you know, I, that doesn't obviously give anyone a pass to just, you know, be a jerk to people. You know, you can still be civil and, you know, march to the beat of your own drum. But it really does explain that owning who you are and living by your own rules, like, it just explains why that is so important to her. And I'm yeah. glad that we had that little moment to learn more about her. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The one point that I had that I really liked was also with Amir. I mean, it's very Amir heavy, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like the part with Bertolt and Amir, and they're kind of having a heart to heart together on like this tree trunk. Um, They're just, they're sharing a lot about themselves. Um, Bertolt ends up saying that he doesn't blame Amir for not knowing who she ate or remembering anything while she was in her Titan form. And then he says, like, he, Reiner, and Aaron don't. 
And I put in parentheses, is this a little plug for the future? Like apparently Aaron doesn't remember certain things. And I don't know if he's referring to something else that he knows about Aaron or just in the transformations that Aaron has had that we've seen. Mm. But um, and just how Amir mentioned that she was wandering for 60 years outside of the wall. And I was like, oh, so uh, you're a little bit older than we thought that you were. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I mean, that was big. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad that you wrote 60 because I could have sworn I heard six. And so I'm like, that doesn't seem that drastic. But I know it's right. It's 60. So oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was like, oh, oh no. maybe, maybe I did miss it. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. The way I said it, it probably implied that. No, you are correct. My ears were just wrong. But yeah. also, I think that why Bertolt mentions Aaron is probably because if Aaron did know how he became a Titan, aka, you know, how he who he ate, he would have blabbed about mm. it. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Aaron just like can't really keep it together so i think that that's part of the reason why is that if he did know or remember he would have blabbed about it but um okay the last thing that i really liked was when hannah's was telling the group uh to move it and get on their horses because you know rhino was running away he Mm -hmm. says i'll get him back if it costs me my life and drunk hannah's from many years ago could not do this oh, and good point. you know because he didn't have that courage and conviction back when he was going to save Carla and it's like yeah. this time is completely different he is just committed to getting Aaron this time and uh, I mean I just I just love the growth that I've seen from Hannes I just it's totally different so yeah. Well, I think that that's a really good bridge to past episodes that you have there, though, too. Like just comparing Hannes with this moment with the, the Titan endangerment and then back with Carla. I think that's, oh, that's a really good bridge. So true. Didn't even plan it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, it looks like you do have one more thing to say. Uh, I I guess about bridge to past episodes. So yes, yes. So I just wanted to point out because we have seen, you know, special. I I don't want to call them wall cultists. I know that that's what they're called. I guess wall worshippers. Maybe that's a little more respectful. But we've seen what the wall worshippers, uh, the priests or the preachers how they dress and I Mm -hmm, just wanted to point out that the clothes on the people who oh and we've also seen how the military dress so we've um in the moment where Emir's you know cultist group gets arrested the clothes on the people who arrest them and the fancy robes on and jewels on the preacher people are totally different from what we've seen um so maybe showing some time passing you know different worship you think uh, or what you know at first because again i i originally thought it was just six years but now it was 60 so i'm like "Eh, maybe this could have been just an adaptation of a wardrobe change but if it's something more significant it just 
I don't know if anyone caught it. It's different and yet it's supposed to be similar or the same. So I guess for me, this just raises more questions about Amir. Um, You know, the flashback, yes, it did answer some questions, but just the difference in wardrobe for the military and then for these religious people, it did raise more questions because it seemed like regardless of what tier in the wall you were in, the wardrobe Mm -hmm. was the same. And I'm like, why is this different? I don't know. So just thought I'd bring it up so people could, you know, question along with me. (laughs) Well, sounds good. I think that that just wraps up episode 10. Do you want to move on to the next episode? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so now we are at episode 11. The title is Charge. And Sam, why don't you give us the summary? Okay. So uh, at this point, Irwin's riding in with the MPs and they realize that he's used them as bait for the other Titans as they make their way into the woods. (laughs) Um, Which I just, yeah, it's just like using the MPs all over again because they're just a big bunch of dummies. Just like with Annie, like when they're trying to get everything with Annie, he's just like using them again. Fool me once, shame on Shame on me. Fool me. Or wait. Sh- <laughs> fool, me. <laughs> fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And this is the second time that the MPs have totally been tricked into one of Irwin's oh, uh, schemes. Should have stayed home. Should have stayed yep. home. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Amir, as she lands on Reiner's shoulders, takes Historia out of her mouth to explain her motives. Historia will save her from any retribution from the Titans for stealing their abilities from one of their comrades years ago. So that's kind of interesting. We find out that she's um, stolen some abilities. I think that we might've learned that last episode, but this is her now explaining it to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just then the scouts are on Reiner's tail. Some even land on Reiner's arms to talk to Berthold and get him to crack. This is like our core group of scouts. So like Jean and Connie, specifically are trying to remind Bertholdt of the good old days and that they were truly friends, which I find so precious. I mean, I sobbed. <laughs> so yeah. I was not emotionally prepared. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, just then Erwin leads a bunch of Titans right into Reiner, causing a massive chaotic battle. Like it, it just literally seemed like that big slam in the middle of just like, Super big time colliding. For real. Like, did a Marvel movie director help (laughs) help make this scene? Like, it was epic. It was so good. Yeah. Um, Erwin also tries to lead all of his scouts into the fray to get Eren. Just as he does, he is snatched up by a freaking Titan. And also, at the same time, he's being dragged. (laughs) In the air. And he's just like, he says something like, did I tell you to stop? Keep going. I know. <laughs> Something to that effect, uh, which was super, super epic and super, super cool. Uh, Mikasa ends up getting Aaron. Connie saves Historia and Reiner starts throwing Titans towards everybody uh, because he's just that cool of a Titan to throw other <laughs> Titans. <laughs> yeah. But 
then Mikasa and Aaron are knocked off of their horse by one of the flying titans that Reiner is throwing. And a titan comes up to them as they are grounded, who suspiciously looks like the one who ate Carla. And he's lumbering towards them as they're somewhat paralyzed on the ground. Ugh. I call this Titan the the Titan with the blonde bob. Oh. <laughs> you know? Because the Karen bob. Serious, I mean, it is a distinct <laughs> haircut the same way that the Santa Claus Titan looked very distinct. I, or the one that's short and squatty with the bulging eyeballs. I mean. Ew, yes. Yeah. I mean. The baby looking one. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. Um, this one I feel like is very distinct looking. The blonde, the blonde titan. Um, gotcha. But, uh, oh my gosh, this was such a freaking good episode. Oh, baby. Um, I think that I, there was so much happening in this episode. Like, literally people rushing, dying. I mean, I could have gone with so many options for themes. Like, you know, people who you know, aren't always who they say they are. But then I also kind of live by a mantra where it's like when people tell you who they are, believe them. So that that contradicts itself. <laughs> um, you know, I could have gone with like, there's always more to the story, you know, good okay. versus bad, heartbreak, betrayal, like identity crisis, all that. But for me, like, I felt like boiling it down with everything happening that the theme could have been rescue both literally rescue and metaphorically um because we see that in this rescuing of individuals there is an incredible sacrifice involved so for literal you know the scouts the garrison and the mps essentially everyone in the military They are rushing to save Aaron at all costs. Otherwise, humanity is doomed. So it's like, who cares if they die or if the MPs die because they don't know what they're doing? Or, you know, it's just like, who cares what happens? Because if we don't get Aaron, all of humanity will die anyway, either at the hands of the Titans or each other. It's only a matter of time. Um, that's a really good point. And it's so interesting that like, he is literally their last hope. Yes. Like, they've, they have only known that he's a Titan for like, how long? Not very long. Oh gosh, you're like, right. Not like, very max long. a couple weeks, I would think. Oh my goodness. I think so. Because, yeah, because, um, if you boil it back. The mission to capture Annie happened simultaneously while the scouts were away, and then there was the breach. And so that is, like, less than a week span of time, maybe 48 to 72 hours. And, you know, pinpointing that Annie was the female Titan just, you know, working backwards, I mean, that was probably, what, another 72 hours, maybe a week? And then before that, Aunt, or I, oh my goodness, Aaron going on that scout mission. I mean, I feel like he was only away 
you know, with Levi's squad for maybe a month. Like, it's not been long. Mm-mm. Whoa, that's wild. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody has knows who Aaron is or anything like that. Has, like, this desire, kind of like what Jean is saying, like, we know who you are. And so we're going to back you up kind of thing. Like most of these people don't even know who Aaron is and don't know what they're fighting for other than like, keep this kid safe. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, to Aaron, make sure that their sacrifice is worth Worth saving you, you know, which is a lot to put on a kid's shoulders. I know. Like he's what? One 15, 16. I mean, gosh, don't put (laughs) that is all of humanity is literally placed on a 15 year old like no thank mm-hmm. you when i was 15 yeah. no absolutely not i could only handle my own stuff and nobody else's oh we were peeing on shoes on <laughs> hikes <laughs> oh losing stuff the oh, infamous gosh. hike the infamous hike <laughs> yeah i could only handle my own stuff <laughs> Uh, but, like, oh, for real, though, like, you know, Aaron, so many of these military members are going to die in this mission. A lot of them die nobly. Um, it was kind of funny when you saw some of the MPs just standing there being like, look at all this, you know, bloodshed happening. And then it's like they get gobbled anyway. Yeah. Um. But a lot of people are going to just die anyway because Aaron is that important. And I will say, Commander Ervin is living what he preaches because he gets that arm chopped off and he still commands them to move forward. He is willing to die for Aaron. He is practicing what he is preaching at that moment. Very true. Um, Very true. Another literal form of rescue. Emir wants to save Historia from the walls and from death like because at the moment she believes the wall is doomed so she wants to save her but then slowly like it just ends up in this role reversal where historia wants to save emir and i i have to say i really love what mikasa says to krista where she's like pick your side krista it's Aaron or the bitch I'm gonna kill. Like, because it's so true. Like, they're in this rescue mission to rescue Aaron. But Krista yeah. is like, oh, to hell with Aaron. That doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna save his, you know, I'm gonna save Amir. Mm-hmm. You know, in this switcheroo of, you know, Amir and Krista trying to save each other. And, um,. You know, it's unclear the form of, you know, rescue. Like, what exactly is this motive? You know, will Emir really be killed? Or will Krista actually die if she gets turned over? Or if she stays, you know, with the scouts? Yeah. You know, no one really knows. Um... But I guess that doesn't really matter because Emir believes Reina and Bertolt and Krista believes Emir. But it's like, I don't know. None of this seems to even matter. Like, this promise for them to save humanity. Like, it doesn't matter because 
only the two of them matter to each other in this rescue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just, it stresses me out (laughs) because I know that they don't really care about being selfish. We've heard them talk about this. Yeah. But I will say I'm like, Maybe you should care because it actually is incredibly selfish. And I I just hate it, but you know. And maybe and maybe seeing this end of the spectrum makes us appreciate Aaron's willingness to sacrifice it all for everybody else, if that makes sense. Like sacrifice himself for everybody else. And so it puts oh. it in perspective. Whoa, what a really good parallel or contrast to each other because they're they're the two people that were taken it was amir and aaron and you have two people who are fighting for one is a very selfish reason so it seems and then you have somebody who's seemingly very selfless in the way that they are acting and so you have these two very different sides of the spectrum oh also i want to say that while Aaron is being really selfless in wanting to save humanity, we see the m- amount of people flooding to save him. But mm-hmm. in Mir, who yeah. is selfishly living for herself, she only has one person trying to rescue her. And that's, yeah, you know, Aaron has this point. fleet and Amir only has the one. The one. Oh, God. It's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, didn't mean for that to happen, but I really, I really loved, Sam, your parallel between these two people, you know, um, I think that that's just really telling on, on so many levels. We could probably go deeper, <laughs> but I didn't plan on going deeper. I just really love that. Um, my last thing, though, just again, bringing it back to rescue This is metaphorical and like this, oh my gosh, this like breaks my heart. This is ties, this ties to Bertolt's response to Mikasa, uh, who says that Reina and Bertolt, they made a choice to betray them. And Bertolt, he gives this whole speech, but then he says, I know I have no right to ask forgiveness, but please I beg you, if we were comrades, someone find us. And I'm like, what does he mean by that? I mean, yeah, you know, they are right there. It's essentially a battle on who gets Aaron. So there will be blood. But this almost feels like a plea from Bertolt to his friends, like a friend to friend plea that someone will help find them in the dark and pull them out yeah i mean are they that's a really good question like are they being forced into what they're doing because it sounds like from previous conversations with reiner bertholt aaron and amir that like they they say things to the effect of like do you think that that we would do this willingly or do you think that we Mm -hmm. would do this to you guys if we didn't have a choice? Um, Just those kind of things that he's kind of alluded to. Um, So yeah, like what, what does he mean by that? 
I mean, I don't know. Like, to me, just piecing things together, I feel like this just shows that Rhina and Bertolt and Annie, they are in something bad and they're in it deep and they really don't want to be doing what they're doing. And so for me, just Bertolt saying, if we were comrades, like if we really were, you know, brothers in arms, friends, someone find us. And I just feel like this is just a plea for help for escape, someone to rescue them from whatever is going on that they feel like they still have to do what they have to do because they're afraid of what happen of what will happen if they don't. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very hard moment. I mean, I don't know about you, Sam, but that speech made me sob. I had to pause because I was just crying so hard. Um, I don't know. It, it was pretty intense. It was really intense. I know. And I'm like, Bertolt, damn it. You are literally silent for most of season one and season <laughs> two. And the moment you just decide to talk, you know, you're actually like really good at these heart wrenching speeches, you know? Yeah. And uh definitely just breaks my heart. Um so yeah, I just I thought that with all of this stuff going on, it really could boil down to rescue. Who is rescuing who? The literal and the metaphorical and what is the cost of it, you know? That's yeah. That's what I thought. But let's move on to what we liked. You know, that was kind of sad, kind of downer. So, Sam, what did you like? Um, I guess we kind of have a couple of similar points. Like, uh, one of your what you liked points was a, the same thing. Just Barrett Holtz kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, it was so good. So, I oh. wanted to kind of take the other side of that. Uh, because I, I really liked Barrett Holt's side too, but I loved, absolutely loved seeing Connie, Armin, and Jean just like up perched on Reiner's arms trying to talk to Barrett Holt mm-hmm. and Aaron. And it was super, super sad. And I felt like it was this last ditch effort to get some resolution before crap goes down because they care that much. Like they don't know how... Reiner's going to react to them sitting on him, talking to them, um, because both of them have been violent so far, but they take that chance to talk. Um, And I, yeah. And then there's the other side of that as well, where Armin is also there, but he's like, he gets a dig in with Barrett Holt and talking about Annie and how he's heard her screams and... Like, they keep her on the brink of death so that she's not dying. But she is but in she's... pain. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Armin is just so observant and quick. Seriously. But, yeah, when Connie and John though, are like, we said we'd grow old together, <laughs> you know, and look back on the hard times. I mean, that just broke my heart because I'm like, these are literally kids fighting to the death and their one thing was that they would make it together 
and just be able to look back on it over drinks and that won't happen and it makes me so sad um I know that was the thing that you like Sam but I just had to add to that but anyway (laughs) I know that was your part Sam but I just had to throw my two cents in um all good all good (laughs) yes but um was there anything else that you loved um, I guess like the last part was just Jean casually saving Mika so oh like it's no gosh. big deal. Such a badass. I mean, why is Jean becoming one of my favorites? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. That guy. Oh, uh, my Jeans and my Johns. Oh. Oh yeah, husband John. If you're listening, wink, wink. <laughs> I don't know. Cut that out. That comes weird. That sounds weird coming from me. <laughs> I was about to say, wink, wink. What, Megan? <laughs> Sorry, John. Uh, that was awkward. <laughs> That's so funny. No, he'll think it's funny. Um. Okay. Well, then we can keep it. But um. Yeah, I've I've touched on mine. Just you know, Commander Ervin being a badass. I mean, like, his arm literally got bitten off by a titan. I don't... It was so epic. And then um, just, you know, the bear told speech and just that mm-hmm. whole exchange yeah. was my favorite, too. So we kind of touched on what I liked already. But um, <laughs> in Bridge to Past episode, Sam, did you notice anything? Because I did not. No, and I'm having a hard time finding bridge to past episode kind of things recently. So I think we should probably just move on at this point. All right. Well, then that means that we move on to MVP. So um, Sam, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So I have a group of people for MVP because it was a group effort. So I feel like it's justified. (laughs) Oh, man. We'll give them all uh, half points or whatever, you know. Okay. Um, I feel like Connie, Jean, and Armin, that that little group, mm-hmm. when they're just trying to, like, settle the situation with Bertolt and Reiner and trying to get Aaron back, they're like, what is going on? I just thought that that was, like, so sweet, so endearing, so amazing, like, because they're in this place of being scouts where it's just, like, kill or be killed kind of thing, and they're actually taking the time to be like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Or did you have an oopsie kind of moment? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, like, this is your second chance. Like, we want to hear it from you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless their hearts. Um, Now, I want to point out, Sasha was also there and Mikasa was there. Are we counting them as part of the group? Or or are we just doing Um, this trio duo? Uh, let's add Sasha, not Mikasa, because Mikasa's <laughs> like, I'm going to rip your effing head off yeah. as soon as I can get to you. So she's not really being helpful. <laughs> I mean, can we d- just, oh, I should have put this at the part where we liked it. But when Mikasa looks in the crack in Armin or in Rhina's hands and yeah. her eyes are bulgy and then Bertolt's eyes are bulgy, but in fear. <laughs> Yes, that was nuts. That was so good. But yeah, I mean, homegirl, not helpful or lovey. So yeah. But okay, the four of them, tallying it up, 
they all get half a point. <laughs> I feel like I sounded like Dumbledore, like at the end where it's like, how can we give Gryffindor points? Points for Gryffindor. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. slide it in. Um, well, now for me, my MVP is definitely not Krista or, his, or Amir. I'm just okay. telling you that right now. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of surprised by this, but I had to give it to Bertolt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Because I know, I, I know he's not on the fight for humanity. He's not on the, okay. on the side of the scouts, but you can feel the pain that he has had to endure and he never wanted to hurt his friends. And I believe him when he says that. And okay, he's also yeah. had to take care of Rhina, who's literally just slipping through th- personalities and personas. Like, he's he's had to do so much. And he also was forced into letting Emir just have her way. And, you know, I just feel like he deserved it being the MVP. Yeah, I'm I mean, he definitely opens up the floodgates of like this is who I am, like I can finally speak kind of moment. So I I would definitely agree with yeah. that MVP. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Like he's he's definitely carried him, Rhina and Annie for a while now. He's just like the unspoken support character that we didn't know that the other two needed. Exactly. The unsung hero this whole freaking time. Yep. Um, I also just, I mean, I know that we have a whole lot of people who really stood out this episode. But I also right? have to add an honorable mention. And that's Commander Irvin. Like, again, Yay. just the badassery. <laughs> I'm like, that definitely has to earn a point. You know? And if. Well, half a point because it's honorable mention. So sorry. You getting half of your arm bitten off only gives you half a point. (laughs) There you go. He's working real hard for that half point. Oh my gosh, for real. All the sacrifice involved. Um, But yeah, that wraps up our, um, you know, recap. So why don't we tell them first, Sam, um, you know... Let's talk about next week's episode before we jump into the Ask Us Anything. Should we? Okay. Yeah. Um, So next week we are going to be doing the season finale, which will be watching episode 12. That is the final episode of season two. It's a very short season. Um, And we are just covering one next week. So the whole entire podcast episode will be covering episode 12. Or if you're counting up, like we've said before, episode 37. Mm-hmm. And of course, there will be a special surprise again. If you remember last season's um, season finale, hopefully you'll be prepared for this one. <laughs> um, but keep listening so that you can find out what that special surprise is. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It might have been a small season, but that doesn't mean that we're going to shortchange the season finale in any way. So, nope. Come back next week. Yes. Okay, thanks, everybody.